for the teenagers, after about 20, 25 uh, seconds, they lose attention. So, see, they didn't even know I said that. So, um, <laughs> huh, what? Um, so, anyways, uh, there's a lot, a lot that uh, is, is on my heart this morning, and I am just, uh, you know, uh, pray with me this morning that, that the Holy Spirit will guide me and uh, that I'll be able to speak the things that I feel like he has given me to speak clearly uh, and, and accurately. Um, so um, as we go forward, there's a lot of stuff that's happening, obviously, in this country. Uh, Scott's been talking a lot about this. Uh, sorry, Pastor Scott has been talking a lot about this uh, in the past, you know, weeks. And, uh, and really, I think that, that we all have a longing for truth. We all have a longing for knowing, uh, you know, what is a lie and what is not. And, and uh, I, I really truly believe that with our relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit coming into our lives, we have the ability to lift up, you know, the blanket on things and be able to see things for what they truly are. Um, and, and, and I believe it's very much our responsibility to always approach things out of the love uh, that Christ has given us. Uh, and, and there is a lot, of, a lot of hatred happening in our country right now. And uh, in the light of some things, I'm not starting anything to, uh, to necessarily debate or stating an opinion or, or you know, whatever, I, I really truly believe that it is okay for you to say, I'm not really sure what I think right now. Um, but there are two quotes from Martin Luther King Jr. that I'd like to say, and uh, the first one that I saw going around is, a riot is the language of the unheard. And uh, as much as sometimes it might frustrate us to see the things that are happening, we have to realize that there probably is a, a deeper thing going on. And this is the second quote that I'd like to focus on. Um, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And I truly believe that this is a time where the church can stand up and, and truly uh, dress ourselves with the love that comes from Christ, that truly God is the only thing that is love. God is the definition of love. And in this world, we have a lot of different things that we like to call love. But really, at the end of the day, uh, our God, our creator, our savior really is what love is. So, so the best that we can in these moments, like the Bible tells us to, to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn, and, and uh, the best that we can in this time, I believe it is completely appropriate for us to put on uh, whatever that is that, that, that makes us look like Christ, to, to stop and think about what is God's perspective on all that is going on right now and how can I best show that love in this darkness. So um, that being said, today I want to talk about uh, the Holy Spirit. It is Pentecost Sunday, and uh, I want to approach uh, a little bit of what it looks like to kind of live our lives daily walking with the Holy Spirit, uh, what it looks like to continually listen for His voice and follow along. So, um, There are many times in my life where I felt like the Holy Spirit was nudging me in a certain direction, uh, and, and and maybe some of us might verbalize that as God was speaking to me, um, or, you know, like, uh, I, I felt very strongly about this thought that happened in my mind or whatever. There's a lot of different ways that God speaks to us, and, and I think the Holy Spirit uses us uh, to, to be able to produce a message that he wants either for ourselves or, or for other people around us, right? And I think it's very important that when we experience those, those urges, those nudges from the Holy Spirit, that we follow through on those and, and are obedient uh, in, in worshiping Christ in that manner. And so there's a few different stories that I'm going to go through today uh, to kind of illustrate this. Um, but 
as I go through, uh, understand that uh, my, my sole purpose in this is to really get us to think in the direction of every day waking up and saying, how is the Holy Spirit going to use me today? Or what is the Holy Spirit trying to uh, align in me today or, or remove from my life that doesn't need to be in my life today, that we'd be able to wake up every day from, from now, now on and be able to say, Lord, what, what your will for me today, let it be done, right? Or if there's anything hindering me right now uh, from, from being the person that you want me to be, let that be done. Like work in my life, take things out of my life. And the Holy Spirit uh, does many of those things. Um, so uh, I think that part of the hardest part about that is, is that it requires faith, right? And, and faith really is completely believing in something without having sight of it. Right, believing in something and trusting in something without, without it being right in front of you and, and factually being able to see it written out on a piece of paper and saying you know all this kind of stuff like you know wouldn't it be nice if God could just I, I don't even know if people do this anymore but send you a fax right it just comes out of your printer and and uh, and, and it's just like this is what you're supposed to do today and we're like thank you printer um, and uh, it, but that would be awesome but that's not really how it works sometimes and and here's the other thing that that kind of is is a huge step of faith is a lot of times when I have felt that nudge of the Holy Spirit, especially when it is pertaining to me speaking something to somebody else or preaching something, uh, I hear the word and I'm like, God, I don't know if that's really for them. Like, I know them. And like, you know, and, uh, and so it really takes a lot of faith for me to step out and, and say that thing or to do the thing that the Holy Spirit is asking, to be obedient in that, um, especially when I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. But that's not really what matters, right? Because what matters is it makes sense to the person that you're speaking it to. And, and God is trying to move through that. It makes sense when, when you see the miracle on the other side, right? And, and here's the other thing. Sometimes we step out in faith and we never see the miracle. We never see the thing that God did in that person's life because you chose to listen to that nudge of the Holy Spirit, right? And so uh, the first thing I want to focus on in this really is obedience to God in general, not just to the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, our, our lives as Christians and our obedience to following the call of God that he's put on our life. And for that, uh, we are going to look at the story of Abraham. And, you know, in the Bible, we see many places where people follow the call of God. Uh, but I really particularly like the way that um, Abraham's story is laid out. Uh, and although this is, you know, something that is from the Old Testament and the Holy Spirit has not been poured out to something that can dwell in unison with our own spirit, right, so that we can have that power. Um, this still very much is a principle that, that is the foundation of our, our daily worship to Christ, right? And so uh, let's read together the story about the call of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 1. It says, The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse you, those uh, who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And that's a huge call, right? That's a huge thing, right? Because uh, he's basically saying, Abraham, I want you to leave your, your native country, your relatives, and go to the land that I will show you. He doesn't say, go specifically to this place. He just says, go right? I will show you where it is once you go. Like, and you're like, okay, do I, which way do I just start walking and wait for you to turn me around or what, you know? I don't, but, but either way, this is Abraham's response. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, uh, Sarai, uh, his nephew Lot, 
and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people had taken, uh, that he had taken into his household and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abraham traveled through the land as far as uh, Shechemir. I don't know how that's, whatever. Uh, then he set up camp beside, you know, I used to just like not know how to pronounce words in the Bible because I was reading through it. I was like, I don't have time to stop and, and look at this, right? Uh, and I just got in a habit where I just say the wrong word on purpose now. So you're just going to have to deal with it. So uh, there he set up camp beside the oak of Moriah. Uh, at the time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abraham built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, Abraham traveled south and set up camp in the hill country at Bethel uh, and west of Ai to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord. Then Abraham continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev. Later on in the story, we find out that God had promised, uh, you know, uh, to make a nation out of his descendants. However, his wife Sarah was not able to become pregnant, right? And that's a problem. If you're going to have a lot of descendants, you need to be able to do that, right? And so uh, you can understand, like, there may be some frustration uh, among Abraham and his wife at this moment because, God, you promised me the stars, that you promised me this and that and everything, and, and I'm following, I'm being obedient, but how is this going to happen, right? And even at the moment when, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, by this time next year, your wife will be with child, uh, Sarah laughed at it. She, she's like, how in my old age is this going to happen, right? Uh, and so, um, <laughs> um, and so there's, there's a few things along the way that, that, that are interesting in this. And, and in this moment, uh, Abraham actually chose to have a child with uh, his servant Hagar because he was trying to fulfill God's promise in his own way. He was listening to the word that God had and, and saying, like, well, if, if it's not happening the way God said it was going to happen, maybe I can do something about it. Um, and, uh, you know, him trying to do his own thing, you know, I, and I feel like all of us have tried to do that at some point or the other, resulted in Hagar running away with Ishmael because Sarah hated her for being able to have a child when she couldn't, right? And so when Sarah finally gave birth to Isaac, we learned that, you know, this, this promise finally came, right? True worship in our lives is obedience to God. True worship is not just gathering together on a, on a Sunday and, and singing along with these songs, uh, you know, which I love doing. I mean, like, how many of you guys just love spending that time in worship? I, it just really is truly an amazing thing, especially in this time. We need God so much. Uh, but, but true worship is obedience to God. And we see that again in Genesis chapter 2, um, when Abraham's faith is tested. And, and I mentioned this last week um, during the time of offering. I really felt like I was speaking to this. Uh, and I mentioned this, this statement of how can we expect to follow Christ into glory, but not also in suffering, right? And sometimes we have this idea that our relationship with Christ or Christianity or religion are just going to fix everything that is going wrong in our life. And we're not supposed to go through hard times anymore. We're not supposed to face suffering anymore. We're not supposed to, you know, deal with the issues of this world anymore. But, but that's, that's not, it's not listed anywhere in Scripture where it says something like that. It doesn't say that everything's immediately going to be made right, right? And so let's look at this story in, in uh, Genesis chapter 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called, yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which, which I will show you. 
man, can you imagine that? All these years thinking like, God, you promised this to me and I finally have a son and now you're asking me to go sacrifice him? Now you're asking me to get rid of the very promise that you promised me in the first place? But this is what I love about Abraham and I believe this is what God loves about Abraham and why he chose to make the nation Israel out of the descendants of Abraham and had that promise in the first place. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him. And on the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship here and then we will come right back. And something that always sticks out to me about the story is Abraham made this decision, and then he had to prepare everything for the sacrifice. And then they traveled three days to get to the place where they were going to make the sacrifice. And Abraham had a lot of opportunity to back out here. He had a lot of opportunity and, 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 you know, to, to prepare everything they needed for the journey and stuff like that. The whole time I can imagine you know, chopping wood and getting ready for a fire that's, that, that you were going to use to make a sacrifice to God with your own son. Like the, this is not just something where it's like, okay, let's just do it quick and get it over with. Abraham, through all of the preparation, was obedient to God all the way through. Right in, in the moments where he had to work towards the sacrifice that he was going to make, he was obedient to God all the way through. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? And at, at this moment, you have to realize that Isaac is probably like, look, I see what's happening here, <laughs> you know, like, hey, I don't know if you forgot, but like, like a little subtle reminder here, we also need something to sacrifice, right? Uh, and, and Abraham, in his faith and, and obedience, says, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered, and they both walked together. When they arrived at the place God had told them, Abraham built an altar, arranged the wood on it. He tied his son Isaac and lay him on the altar on top of the wood, and Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. And at that moment, an angel of the Lord called out from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, he replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy. The angel said, don't hurt him in any way, for I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld me from even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horn in the thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, which means the Lord will provide. This, to this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Man, this is just, it blows my mind to think that, that Abraham would do this. But at the same time, when we understand who God is, the fear of the Lord kind of overrides anything else. Like we, we should be in a place where we understand that his holiness and his righteousness is far beyond any decision that is important to us here on this earth. And we know that this is what, what an incredible foreshadowing of what God is going to do for us, Right? Because God sent his own son to die on a cross to be sacrificed for our sins. The same thing that he asked Abraham to do, right? And, and here's the incredible thing. Like in the midst 
of the sacrifice that is supposed to be happening, like in the midst of, of like right there at that moment of, of saying, hey, you deserve to, to be sacrificed because your people are sinful, because you are sinful. In the midst of, of all of that deserving of death, God says, stop, wait. There's another that can be sacrificed. I'd rather have my son die than you die. I'd rather have my son make the sacrifice so that you can be with me than for you to go through that yourself. All of this to point to obedience truly is worship to God. Obedience in what he asks us to do, obedience in what the scripture tells us to do, truly is worship to God. And so um, it says, Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven, verse 16. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and not withheld your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand and the seashores. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies and through your descendants, all nations of the earth will be blessed all because you have obeyed me, right? No matter what the reason to obey God is to worship him. And in everything we do, when we don't understand, you know, what it means to, why God is asking us to do certain things, walking with God is obedience. That's all it is. And when God is asking us to do something, we feel the Holy Spirit pushing us in a certain direction, even though we don't understand why it's happening, even though it it may feel like a huge sacrifice on our own part, that we're giving up so much to, to be obedient. It is so important to be obedient in those moments. Now, it is Pentecost Sunday, um, it, which is the day that the, the, the people were waiting in the upper room, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came for the first time on these people. And so transitioning from that attitude of obedience, coming into where we are today and what is offered to us today, the advocate that Christ has left for us, the Holy Spirit that could come and fill us up, we're going to read Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 9. On one occasion... While he was eating with them, this is Jesus, right? He gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set in his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all of Judea uh, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he then uh, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a, uh, a cloud hid him from their sight. People... Uh, after this, he, you know, Jesus basically kind of just drops this like, hey, wait for something. I'm going to give it to you. You're going to receive power. And then he's like, just gone, right? Uh, and, and I think it's funny because like after that, the, uh, the disciples literally are just staring in the sky and, and an angel comes by and tells them like, what are you looking at? He's not here anymore, right? And like, he's gone, you know? And, uh, and, and so, uh, but either way, you know, like, I mean, if, if God says, if that happened to me, like somebody says like, hey, you better do this. And then they leave like that. Like, I don't care what they, I'm listening to what they said, right? Like, I'm like, okay, you know, you know something I don't. So, um, but the disciples did listen. Um, you know, and, and here's the thing. There's so much darkness around us right now and, and people need to know Jesus, right? People need to know that there is hope even in the midst of darkness, that, that even when you yourself are going through struggles, 
there is power that can walk you through that, right? There is power that can walk you through even circumstances that we don't understand the answers to, uh, things that are very difficult, right? Uh, and people get to know Jesus by seeing him, right? People get to know who he is by literally seeing him, and the way that they see him is through us when we're obedient to the Holy Spirit, when we're obedient to the power that Christ has put in us, that the Holy Spirit has baptized us in, right? They see him by the things that he has already done in our own lives because we have been obedient to him. That's how people get to know Jesus. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all gathered in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, uh, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Um, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Now, this is an incredible thing, and the story goes on. I really do encourage you to read through, you know, the first, you know, four, five chapters of Acts. Read the whole book of Acts, if you, you know, as you go through this. But especially during this time, we truly need the power of the Holy Spirit more than ever. We truly need the power of the Holy Spirit to, to be able to, to soften our hearts when we want to get angry about something we shouldn't get angry about, right? To, to, to put our hearts in the right position so that we can mourn with people who need to be mourned with, right? And, and, and the Holy Spirit gives us that ability to, when somebody else is going through something and you haven't even experienced before, um, the Holy Spirit can help you understand their pain so that you can show them the love of Christ, right? There's so many different ways that he works. Um, and so... We need to be seeking that. We need to be obedient when we listen to that. Um, and, and it is interesting when this happens, like whenever there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, miracles always follow. Whenever there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, uh, incredible things that God has ordained happen, right? And in this situation, we see this. They, they begin speaking in languages as the Spirit enabled them. And, and all of these different people who were gathered there at the time spoke so many different languages, and every single one of them heard them in their own language, and it's an incredible thing. And even to the point where some people called them out and said that uh, they were drinking, and Paul's response to that was, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning, and they can't be drunk. So, um, so, but really, anytime there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, miracles happen. And, and, and I don't want you to just think of miracles as like, like physical miracles. I, I, absolutely, that happens. But miracles happen where people who are consumed by fear are no longer filled with fear. People who are consumed by anxiety are no longer consumed by, by anxiety. People who have bound by chains of addiction are no longer in surrender to those chains anymore because the Holy Spirit has the power to take strongholds and just rip them down right? And, and here's the thing, like somebody is dealing with something in this room and they are bound up by chains and it's holding them down. And all it takes is for you to be obedient and listening to God and saying, God is telling me that you are free from this right now, right? All it takes is somebody in this room being obedient to the Holy Spirit and, and, and listening and going up to a person and saying, I'm praying for this and we're going to claim victory over this right now. All it takes is you surrendering your own life and saying, Holy Spirit, fill me up to the max, so there's no room for myself anymore, right? That's all it takes. And here's an important thing. We're going to take a step back in Acts for a second. We're going to go back to chapter 1, verse 14, and this is the important part that we need to pay attention to right now. They all, after Jesus left, right, after he had risen up into the sky, 
They all joined together continue, uh, constantly in prayer, along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. They all joined together constantly in prayer in this moment. After Jesus left, they continually gathered constantly in prayer. And I'm telling you one thing, if you are in the place right now where you want the power of the Holy Spirit, maybe you don't even like, take the Holy Spirit like, out of it and, and any theological questions you might have about that. If you want God to do something in your life, you want God to take something away, you want God to use you in a better way, it has to start with a deep desire for intimacy with him. It has to start from spending times consistently in prayer. Right? I, it really frustrates me sometimes because I've been in this place in my own life and, and I understand that, that if I'm not spending time regularly reading the Bible and, and consistently praying, I see a difference in myself. Right? I, I know I get angry at things I shouldn't get angry about. I get frustrated like super easily. Like All that kind of stuff happens and I know it's because I haven't been spending time with God. And there's so many times where I hear people say, I want more of God. I want God to do more things through me. I, got, I want God to use me. But they won't spend time with him. They won't spend time consistently praying with him and getting to know him and, and yearning for that intimacy with him. And that is where the Holy Spirit comes from. That is where the power of God comes from. That is where we begin to see God do miracles in us and through us, is when we consistently spend time praying with him. And I don't know about you guys, but our nation looks like the nation right now that needs some people that are going to consistently be praying. It needs some people that are going to be consistently seeking intimacy with God so that in the moment when they go out into the world and they see a need, they can supernaturally, through the power of the Holy Spirit, fulfill that need, that spiritual need, that physical need, whatever it is. And through that, people are going to see Jesus and the church is going to grow in number immensely. When I was growing up, just to share a little bit of my testimony, I can look back and, and see so many moments in my life where, where the Holy Spirit nudged me in a direction and I was obedient and I could see the result of it. In the moment, I may have been confused about, God, I don't know exactly why you're asking me to do this right now, but sure, you know, I'll do it. I'll follow what you want me to do. And I can look back and it's almost like I can see the exact trail, the mountaintops or in those moments where, I, where the Holy Spirit was just pushing me and saying like, you really need to do this right now. And I would obey. And all of it just leads to the point where God is using me today. And, and I can also remember the times where I very strongly felt the Holy Spirit telling me not to do something and I did it anyway because I didn't listen, because I wasn't obeying. I can tell you times where where I really felt the Holy Spirit was telling me to speak something to somebody very specifically, and, and I would say, God, I, don't, I like literally just sit there in my seat, and my heart is pounding out of my chest, and I'm like, God, I don't want to do it, God. <laughs> can you just ask somebody else to tell them, right? Can you just, is there any other, can you just like speak to them, like, right? And, and I would just muster up all the courage inside my heart, and I would go over and be like, hey, this might sound kind of weird, you know? <laughs> I was junior high at that time. And, <laughs> 
This might sound kind of weird, but I feel like God is telling me to tell you this, and I really think it's important. And, and through my message to them, through the Holy Spirit, they would just begin weeping and chains broken. Like, I'm telling you, like, I cannot count the amount of times that that has happened, and it's become, you know, a lot easier to do that now. But even now, in moments when God speaks things to me, it still takes that faith, right? I still, my heart still is like, boom, boom. you know, I'm like, all right, God, you know, <laughs> you know, it comes back. And, uh, and, and I still feel that way. So many moments like that where the Holy Spirit has, has truly done something amazing because I've listened to that little nudge that came out of the intimacy that I desired with my relationship with Jesus, right? And, and there were moments when I was 13 years old and I stumbled across pornography for the first time that I heard this Holy Spirit speaking so strongly. I don't need to mess with that. The only thing that that's going to lead to is hurt and destruction in your life. And I chose to look anyway because I was curious. And it's, it entered into a battle that I faced for a long time. Right? And praise God for, for his word and for his Holy Spirit that brought me out of situations like that. And I cannot tell you how many people actually deal with very real addictions to pornography, guys and girls. And it's not until you realize that consistent prayer, consistent time with Jesus, consistently desiring that intimacy with him is the only thing that's going to replace that fake intimacy that you're going to find through something else. And I wish, I wish so strongly that I would have listened to the Holy Spirit in that moment. I wish so strongly that I did so I didn't have to deal with it. Obedience to Christ, obedience to the Holy Spirit, is truly how we worship him. And I want to encourage us very strongly to be in the place in your relationship with Christ where every day you are turning an ear to hear, is, the whole, is God asking me to say anything today? Is God asking to use me in a specific way today? And in moments you may wonder, like, I don't know, God, why are you asking me to do this right now? But I guess, you know, and, and we're going we're gonna to blindly follow in faith because we know that God provides and that there's real power there. And we're going to be able to look back at all those different moments and it's going to build a story of faith. It's going to build uh, your own faith and, and you're gonna, it's going to be a testimony to the people around you, to the people who are going through the same situations you are, but they are failing and they are struggling and they're burning and, and, and just completely crashing because they don't understand the hope that comes with a relationship with Jesus. And you're going to be able to walk by and say, hey, look at what happened here. Look at what happened here. Christ did this for me here. I was dealing with this here, and he provided that hope that I needed. People fall in love with Jesus by seeing him. And people see Jesus through us when we're obedient to him, when we spend time with him. There's a story in... Uh, Acts chapter, I don't have the reference here. It starts in verse 26. Acts chapter 8. Okay, thank you. Uh, and I want to read through it. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. He, so he started out, and there he met uh, the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under uh, the can, 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 candidate, uh, the, the queen of Ethiopia, the eunuch. Uh, had gone to Jerusalem to worship and was now returning. Uh, seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said, Philip, 
go over and walk alongside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I unless somebody instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to slaughter, as, uh, and as a lamb slayed uh, before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Uh, and we know from this that this verse is speaking about the sacrifice that Christ made, right? Uh, and the eunuch asked Philip, tell me what the prophet is talking about. Is he talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north towards the town of uh, uh He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to see Sierra. So, <laughs> I love this story. This all started with God saying, hey, Philip, I need you to go over here. And he's like, okay. He didn't tell him why. He didn't tell them that there was going to be a man riding in a carriage that really needed to hear the good news about Jesus, right? And so, Philip, not understanding why he was going to the place that he was going, obediently went and listened to that nudge of the Holy Spirit. And when he was there, it was all laid out before him. And and God said, go walk beside that carriage. And immediately when he began hearing that word, hearing that scripture, I think Philip understood at that moment why he was there. Because he was the person that could explain everything and share the good news about Christ to somebody who had not heard about it yet, who did not understand it yet. And I want us to understand that, that in moments when God is asking, like, hey, you know, if you're at the place where you're like, I really feel like God is telling me to do this right now, even when it is going against cultural norms, it is important for us to listen to that because you're going to find yourself in a place where you can be used to share the good news about Christ. You're going to find yourself in a place where you can be used to lead somebody into freedom over something that they're dealing with, right? And so, even when we don't know where we're going, even when we don't understand, we need to be obedient to that calling of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and of course, I think it's awesome that uh, this is the first example, written example, that we see of teleportation uh, in the Bible. Uh, so, you know, it's possible. But, I mean, how crazy would that be? You get baptized, and you come out of the water and open your eyes, and the guy that baptized you isn't there anymore. Like, whew, crazy stuff. Again, when I look back on my life, the true highlights of my life, the true moments that I wouldn't trade for anything are the moments where I was, my heart was pounding because I felt the Holy Spirit pushing me. And I had the courage to say yes and be obedient. And then you just get blown away because you're like, God, how could you use me? God, even in the midst of my own sin, not only did you sacrifice your own son for me, but you chose to use me to spread your word to somebody else, right? And even in that midst, when I was really struggling in those times with lust, God would still use me, and I would, I would get done, like, listening to the Holy Spirit, and God would use me. Like, I remember the first time, I, I just saw it come up on my Facebook memories. Ten years ago, a couple days ago, was the first time that I ever preached in my youth group. And uh, I, I remember, like, 
And this is another testament to, to following him, even though I didn't understand why. I remember being so nervous, and, and I would get so, like, talking in front of people, like, my lip would just start twitching, and it was probably only, like, barely moving, but I thought it was, like, you know, like, like crazy, and, like, my hands would, like, shake and, and everything like that, and I would get so nervous, and, and, and I was, like, and it was really a struggle for me because I'm like, God, I know very specifically that you called me to be a youth pastor, but I hate talking in front of people. <laughs> I, I really don't. I feel like, yes, I have something to say, but God, I just don't. It's not me. It's not me, right? And so during that sermon, I remember, I remember going forward and just saying to the Holy Spirit beforehand during worship, Holy Spirit, just speak through me whatever you want to say during this time, if this is what you want me to do, then I'm going to do it, right? And, and I preached that sermon. I don't even know what it was about. And, uh, and, and I remember getting through on the other side, and there was a huge response, and kids were giving their life to Jesus and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, God, like, why me? You know, like, why, why did you pick me to do this? And I'm just so humbled. I'm so humbled. And in that same way, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor. It doesn't matter if you uh, are, are being paid by a church to do godly things. Like, I don't know how people look at that, but, but it doesn't matter where you are because God wants to use you in that same way so that when you get done with it, you're like, praise God that he would use me in the midst of all my craziness, in the midst of all my messed up decisions that I ever made. God still chooses to use me right straight in the midst of my my own failures, God still will choose to use me. And I think as far as my relationship with Christ, those moments spoke more to me about what it meant to be in a relationship with Jesus, grew me more in my relationship with Jesus than just sitting and going to church consistently, right? And then just more than just... Uh, having good attendance at youth group and stuff like that. Like, there's always times, and, and, and I, I hear this from so many people, I just want more of God. I just want God to use me more. I want a deeper relationship with him. And I promise you, the only way that you're going to get to that start place is if you start to obey and if you start going the direction that God said. Because when you start preaching that good news to somebody else in the same way that it was preached to you, it bolsters your faith, right? It, it strengthens you as well. Right? It, 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 it just, man, I, I don't know. Do it, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Just do it, and you'll know what I'm talking about. So, as we uh, get ready to respond to this today, thinking about what is happening, I'm going to ask Stan to come up, and, and he's instructed the band to come up, too. Um, we desperately desperately need to be in a place where we are seeking God right now. And the only way that, that, that his power is going to come on us, the Holy Spirit is going to fill us up to, to be the people that are bold to, to stand up when we need to stand up. And sometimes maybe we need to close our mouths when we need to close our mouths, right? Sometimes there's a place to talk, there's a place not to talk. Sometimes there's a place where even though you know the right answer, maybe the best thing to do is just to empathize with somebody else even though you have a very strong opinion and, and you think that it's, it's right and it may be very truthful, I think it's much more important, especially in this time, I feel like the Holy Spirit is just pushing 
up against the dam right now, and he's, he's ready for the dam to break and just overflow, right? And he's waiting for the right people group that amongst all of this stuff where everybody's got their own opinion, they want to share it. He's waiting for the right people to stop and listen so that he can instruct them on how to go. It's so important for us to listen to the Holy Spirit in this moment. It's so important for us to listen to the Holy Spirit in times when we are just completely overwhelmed with our own thoughts and opinions and maybe we don't even know what to think because of all the things that are happening around us. I truly believe God wants people that are going to listen to what he says before they act. And we need that so much right now. Our city needs an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Our church body needs an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We really do. With all the stuff that's going on right now, we are in the grounds of of an outbreak of the Holy Spirit, right? We are in the territory of miracles right now. And we have to understand that. And all it takes is the people to, to, to just humble ourselves before Christ and listen and then obey, no matter how crazy it sounds, no matter how uncomfortable it makes you feel, no matter how much it makes you sound like a junior hire. <laughs> we need people that are going to listen. So in this moment, this is how we're going to close. We're, we're literally just going to spend some time with God and ask them to sing the, the song, God of Revival, again. And so we're going to do that. And before we do that, I'm going to pray. And, and if you guys need to kneel down and, and bow before him and humble yourself, if you need to stand up in declaration and raise your hands and surrender to him, whatever you need to do in this moment to respond to, to, to God, right, to to posture yourself appropriately to uh, how your spirit is connecting with God. Whatever you need to do during worship, if you need to shout, you can shout. If you need to stand and just listen and be silent, you can do that. If you need to bow, kneel, whatever it is, let's just have a moment with God now and listen to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And even if he doesn't speak anything specifically to you in this moment, we are conditioning ourselves to hear the voice of God. We are conditioning ourselves by constantly being in prayer, constantly spending time in worship, constantly thriving for that intimacy with Christ. We are conditioning ourselves to hear the voice of God. And so even if during this moment you feel like nothing has happened, pay attention during this next week because God is looking for people to use in this moment, in this time, in this generation. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing this song and then I'll come up and close this at the end. Would you pray with me? Lord, Holy Spirit, we just give ourselves to you in this moment. God, we surrender to you. We humble ourselves before you. God, we take our own opinions. We take our own self. We take our own desires. God, we take any sinfulness that is inside of us. God, and we just lay it down at your cross. God, we lay it on that altar for it to be sacrificed. God, God, less of our own desires, less of our own ideas, less of us, God, and more of you in this moment. God, I pray that you would speak to us, God, in whatever way we need to hear from you. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would would pour out on this place. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we would be baptized in your name. God, I pray that we would just cry out to you in this moment. God, and empower us with your Holy Spirit to do the things that we need to do, to be the people that we need to do, to stand up for the things that need to be stood up for. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing this song together. Seen what you can do, oh God of wonders. Power has grown. 
things you've done before in greater measure you will do again there's no prison wall you can't break through no mountain you can't move oh, things are possible there's no Let hope arise. 
Understand your holiness, God, enough to obey. God, I pray that you would use this church, this gathering of people, God. We're all committed to you who want to know more about you, who want to be closer to you. Use us, God. We are ready. Use us, God. We are ready to be used. Break strongholds in our own life. Break chains in our own life. God, so that we can go out and be what you asked us to be to others. So we can share the good news about Christ and the sacrifice that he made. Well, we lift this all to you, God, and we ask, God, for a continually pouring out of your Holy Spirit. We give it all to you. We surrender it all to you. In your name we pray, amen. All right, I, I want to encourage you that if you need to stay in here and spend a moment with Christ, you just need to how to sit in his presence, whatever you need to do, you're open to do that as you are dismissed. Uh, you just, you know, be respectful if there's anybody in here that wants to stay in here. But I encourage you, if you're, if you're having a moment with Christ right now, just let that play out a little bit in the next few minutes. But I love you guys. Thank you so much for coming and listening to what I feel like God has to say. And uh, it really is an honor to be able to preach for you guys this morning. We love you. We will see you next week.